0: Welcome to the Develop Yourself Podcast, where we teach you everything you need to land your first job as a software developer by developing yourself. Developing your skills, your habits, your network, and more. My name is Aaron Hanslip. I am one of your hosts. And today, it's just me. We're going to be talking about how to learn a new code base. So whether you're a brand new engineer or you just haven't onboarded to a new team in a while, we're going to talk through week one. What does it look like to learn a new code base? And one of the things I say later on that I wish I would have said earlier is this isn't just for juniors like if you're onboarding to a new company it can be scary because you don't know anything so i want to specifically talk to you juniors for a minute that this problem that you're having right now when onboarding to a new company it's not unique to you so hopefully this episode's helpful for you so you can get up and running quickly contributing quickly and just being a happier developer overall because you're now contributing All right. We're going to imagine that you just started working at a new company. You just got hired. Now, I don't know if you've been an engineer before or not. Unless you've done this a number of times, you know this is probably going to be helpful for you. So whether you're a new bootcamp grad or you've been a software engineer for a while and you just haven't onboarded to that many teams, this is probably the scenario you're going to find yourself in. So you arrive at work the first day. Now, arriving at work might mean you go into a physical office Or it might mean you log on online because you're fully remote. Either way, and honestly, being remote is probably more difficult. Either way, you're going to feel a little bit lost and pretty useless. I mean, that's probably the initial feeling you feel whenever you get hired as a software engineer anywhere is you feel useless because you don't know anything and you're not even sure how to contribute. Obviously, you've never seen the code before unless you're working for some company that open sources all their software, which is going to be very rare, um, then you've never seen their code base at all. So not only are you not helpful yet, you don't yet know how to be helpful. So we're going to walk through a few steps here in order to get you to a place of actually being helpful. And we're going to try and do that as quickly as possible. Now, if you're not aware, the the reasons why you'd want to do this are obviously because you want to make a good impression. You want to make a good first impression. Not only that, but you actually want to get to a place where you're contributing quickly. Of course, not so you don't get fired. That's probably less of the concern here, but so that you do good work. And honestly, good work is probably going to make you happy. And here's what I mean by that. Recently, I was discussing with somebody, you know, how do we measure engineering productivity like how do we measure the effectiveness of an engineering organization or even individual engineers and i I've, I've heard a few things thrown out there you know one is the time it takes you from whenever you onboard to your first pull request or it could be the number of pull requests that you open a week a month the the time it takes you to commit between getting assigned a ticket to your first commit and, and all of those are arbitrary right because we all know but depending on the task at hand, actually, you know all those things can vary greatly. You could do a bunch of menial tasks where you commit quickly and create lots of PRs, or you could do something that's super critical and complex where you write one line of code over the course of two weeks and it you know literally changes the game for the whole company. Maybe you figure out a way to use up less Amazon web services resources, and literally you save the company maybe half a million dollars a month because, you are making all these unnecessary calls or spinning up the, the server too often or whatever. Anyway, I actually think that engineering sentiment is a better way to measure productivity. And what I mean by that is basically how happy is an engineer at their job because more than likely if they're happy, then they're also productive. I've never met someone who goes to work every day, feels like they make a difference is able to accomplish a ton and get themselves unstuck, and have support from other people on their team, and have you know, sufficient resources at hand, and be unhappy in their job. And likewise, I've never met somebody who is unhappy in their job, yet all of those other things are true. So if nothing else, the reason why you should want to get onboarded to a new code base and contributing quickly is just for your own happiness. You're gonna have a much better experience as a software engineer, If you try and control the things that you can control. And now obviously there's a lot of things here that you can't control. Like the company you're onboarding to might be a crappy company. You might have no support, no one to look to, no one to ask questions from. Their documentation might be crap. And in that case, all I can say is, I'm sorry, like go find a different company maybe. But otherwise, let's think through the things that we can control. Okay. So back to the scenario, your, your first day and probably what's going to happen whether you're remote or in person, hopefully you'll have a one-on-one with your new manager, um, probably have a team meeting with the whole team so that you can introduce yourself. And someone's going to probably give some brief explanation about what this team does and more or less what your role is going to be on that team. What's also just as likely is that after those two meetings, they're gonna move on and start going heads down on their work not really knowing how to lead or guide you. Now, depending on where you're going, they might have a good onboarding plan, which probably basically looks like them saying, hey, here are a bunch of docs. Go ahead and read these docs. And probably for the first little bit, they are going to want you just to kind of learn stuff on your own. Now, this period of time can be kind of intimidating because it's you, you know, you want to contribute um, and you don't want to be useless, but it, it's kind of open-ended also Now they might assign you a small ticket right off the bat, which is a good thing We're going to get to that here in a minute But here's what I would advise if you have this little gap, maybe a week or so Of time where they basically tell you, hey, just kind of figure it out Read the docs, learn about a couple of things, learn about the code base This is what you should do so step one here is learn architecture, right? The 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 main goal you should have in the beginning here is that you want to get an overview of the entire company's product from a technical perspective. How, you know, not necessarily the code itself, but what are the technologies they use? What are the databases? What are the front end technologies, back end technologies? What's the most critical problems that they have as an organization? Where do they concentrate majority? of their development resources? What's the balance of the engineering team? How many front end devs, back end devs, security devs, dev op devs, I mean, what, what does that look like? Now you can figure out all the answers to those questions with a couple of simple things. One, I would ask for a, a short meeting, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, depending on how long they're able to give you, with some developer on the team to, to basically just the context being, hey, would you mind Getting together, having a meeting with me where we spend about thirty minutes walking through the architecture of the code of, of this organization. So, if you're remote, you know, find uh, maybe your your manager. You, hopefully, you'll have another one-on-one that week with your manager anyway, um, and say, "Hey, can we get some thirty minutes on the calendar where I can just ask questions about the architecture of how all of our code works?" And no doubt, they will say yes. I mean, they have to say yes. So that's like a great way to get acquainted to the company that's 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 little your job this week So get you know 10 15 20 30 minutes with them and ask them first of all for a diagram like you want to see a diagram of what technologies the company uses. so for example, you might have a database that's hosted over here then you might have you know your your servers hosted over here and those connect to this middleware which connects to this client you've got your react native running your mobile applications and you've got, Um, you know, maybe for your front end, you're using react or something else. You just want to know how all of those things connect, Um, which of these things is the biggest, like what's the most profitable part of your company. If you have a web app and a mobile app, which one has the most resources? How, and again, I'm just going over the same questions I already asked, but ask all those questions of this person next. um, You know, I'd also say go beyond just the diagram, the overview and ask about the actual repositories like look have them literally sh- screen share with you if you're remote um, look through the different repos which are the most important ones how are those repos organized together to understand the overall you know big picture of the company and then of course what you really want to figure out in this meeting is after you've got sort of a the, the context for everything like where does your team fit in right and, and what's the most important aspects of this team. And and sometimes teams will have, depending on how big the organization is, some kind of charter, right? Which is basically a bunch of documentation that explains like, okay, this is this team. This is what this team does. And your team might be a product team where it's responsible for product. It might be an infrastructure team where it's responsible for, um, you know, helping other developers in the company. And you might even be in an agency where your team is just so loose and agile that it takes on new projects all the time. So That's actually a little bit different. If you're an agency, this is probably not super helpful for you, um, this whole podcast. (laughs) But anyway, so that's what I would do first, get context because context is everything for you as you're walking into this new role, as you begin to learn things and look at code, it's gonna help you pick up everything else so much faster because you'll have context. All right. The next thing I would do, that's, that's number one, learn the architecture of all the code of the organization, you know, get comfortable with the different repos, know where they are. You haven't looked at any code yet, but let's, let's keep moving. Number two here, you want to answer the question, how our project started or where does new code go? So number two, where does new code go now? No matter how big the company is, you know, maybe the company has one major product and that's it. And that's how it makes all of its money there's still this question of where does new code go? And sometimes there is this monolith where um, literally there's one repository and all the code gets out of there. And, uh, you know, anytime there's a deployment, it has to go through this one repository. Now, my guess is depending on the maturity of the company, probably not, right? Over time, it's going to be less and less advantageous for a company to, Basically, commit all of their code to one repository, probably because that repository has a number of tests, and whenever you deploy, it probably has to run all the tests, which could take on you know literally hours. It could take hours to deploy. So probably what they've done is is broken it off into smaller subsections, which means that there's probably this regular process that they have in place for new projects to be spun up. And here's what I'm really getting at here: is that process, whatever that is, it's going to give you an example of basically the smallest version of an app that lives inside of your your code base i say app loosely right um a a a piece of code a product a project whatever you want to call it 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 has some structures and opinions right it's built with some kind of code generation tool it comes out of the box with some certain features if if your company has had to do this you know any more than a trivial num- number of times and they've got a method and process for it and more than likely it's documented because someone came in and built this and said okay from now on this is the way we do things because we can scale this right we can onboard new engineers to this process so find that document and basically build a dummy project like build something you don't actually have to make anything functional necessarily but build some sort of small project get it up and running just try and run the code. And that might be another thing you could do, by the way, if if you can't find a small version of this, then the, the number two goal here is for you to basically get your product, your company's app, whatever it is, working on your local machine. And so that might take, honestly, a number of days, depending on how good the tooling is in your company. You might have to go to a few people You might have to ask for help. You might have to jump on Slack, um, have meetings, whatever it is, but that's your number two goal. Once you've had that architecture meeting, then you want to run the app and you can do these in in any order, right? You could run the app first, but you want to get that thing running locally because up next, you're going to want to actually dive into the code and start debugging and, and getting a feel for how things work. But anyway, that's number two is where does new code go? Um, or another way to look at this, if there's not really a process for adding new code regularly is how do i get this thing up and running on my local machine all right number three here is to start with a small task now whether you've already got this or not maybe they've already assigned you something be proactive say hey i need a you know p2 p3 ticket that i can tackle and by the way p2 p3 this is priority levels p0 meaning like this is urgent p1 this should be done today p2 or p3 you know, it might take me a couple of days to get this done. It's not the end of the world if I don't figure it out. If I blow it, it's not the end of the world either. It's not something that's urgent. So at this point, obviously, if you're pushing to production, which, hey, that would be awesome if you could do that first day. But probably they're not giving you anything that's super urgent because they're just expecting you to fail. Which, by the way, I should back up here and say that, and maybe this is probably the best nugget of all, it's not because you're a beginner, right? This isn't hard learning a new code base because you're a newbie. This is hard for anybody. Like every single developer that's ever onboarded to this company has had to go through what you're going through right now. So just check that at the door. Like your questions are not dumb questions. If you have legitimately tried to find the answer to this question and you can't, then probably it means you're supposed to ask somebody. So just so you know. So anyways, at this point, if you don't have a small ticket within the first couple of days of being there, ask for one. Now that's going to be kind of intimidating because... You're going to have no idea how to accomplish what they're asking you to accomplish. But that's the point. You don't learn by reading documentation. Just like you don't learn how to code by watching tutorials, etc. You learn those things whenever you have to learn, right? Your brain is only going to make those connections whenever you have to learn those things. That's why, you know, in school, you never actually learned anything until the night before the test. Because you didn't have to, right? So your brain didn't need to know any of that stuff yet. So, you're not going to be listening and taking notes on a lecture because you don't know what's going to be on the test. And so, let's figure out what the test is going to be. What is the ticket you need to solve? And then go research just that little part of the code that you need to know. Now, along the way, you're going to make other discoveries, right? Um, You're going to figure other things out about the code base that you didn't know about because you didn't have to. You're going to have to run it. Maybe you have to run tests. Maybe you have to figure out the Git flow, how to submit pull requests, all of those things that this company does that's unique to this company, you will need to learn all of those things. Basically how a developer goes from point A, which is getting assigned a ticket, to point B, which is you know, submitting a pull request and getting reviews on it and then deploying it and testing it, and all that. You're gonna to have to learn all of that with this small task. So whatever that is, even a smallest version, you're gonna to have to learn that. And I think that's the best way to really take a tour of this code base. Okay, so once you get through that part, um, we move on to number four here, which is carve out an expertise. Let me just say before we really dive into that, that at this point, like you've done everything you need to do. Like you've hopefully scoured the documentation. You've gotten to know a couple of people, um, you know who to ask questions of, you know what the process is for everything. And, and honestly, you know, if you come through this process, here's a little bonus. And there are things in this process that you had to figure out that were way too hard. Like, in other words, there's not good processes for onboarding new engineers, there's not good documentation for this stuff. Like, take on the responsibility of documenting it, right? Write up a quick document wherever they store documents and drive, share it with the team, and say, hey, you know, just wanted you all to see this. I um, just wanted to document how we use Git here at XX Company. And from now on, they'll probably use that to onboard new engineers. And you have just cemented yourself, cemented yourself as someone who is going to be extremely helpful and a leader in the organization. Even if you're a junior, that would seriously um, be awesome if you did something like that. Okay. So number four here is carve out an expertise. So this is probably more like, you know, two two, three, four, going, kind of going forward. Uh, My advice here is as you're still adjusting to the company, there's going to be so many things that are going on inside the code that don't pertain to you and you have no idea how they work. My suggestion is become an expert on one thing, right? No doubt, like your leader, manager, the rest of the team, they can't um, be conscious of all the things that are going on in the team. So find something that is... You know, definitely useful and critical um, that you should have knowledge of, and that no one else is touching, and just own it. Say, hey, um, going forward, I'm going to be the um, the the person who's directly responsible for this thing. So, any questions about it? Let me know. If there's anyone that knows more than me, uh, let me know. I'm going to get with them and, and learn as much as I can about it. But I'm going to own pretty much all tickets going forward. That you know, pertain to this. And, you know, if there's stuff that you don't understand, you can always ask for help on those things. But that is gonna show a lot of ownership and taking responsibility. And it's gonna really help you learn something in the code base deeply, which will allow you to contribute in a in a huge way. So I remember even for myself, I was a junior developer at a company years ago, and there was this admin dashboard, and it was written in Ruby and, you know, I sort of knew Ruby, but I got a couple tickets and I just jumped in to start uh, solving tickets on this admin dashboard. And before I knew it, you know, I sort of self declared, Hey, if there's anything related to admin dashboard at this point, I've done more work on it than anyone else. uh, Let me know. And I just kind of owned that. And it was so helpful for me to, at the end of the day to have one um, piece of the code base carved out that sort of had my name on it. Um, And so regardless, you've got something to contribute to moving forward. Okay. So carve out an expertise, but I would say then number five, and this is kind of the the last point here is continually ask for, you know, lower, uh, let's see, I, I guess I'd say lower priority tickets in other parts of the code base. So for example, if, if it turns out that the expertise you carved out really becomes your job, um, and you definitely want it to be your job. So look for whatever that is. Your manager might already know what that is. Then I th- I'd say like whenever things get slow or whenever you have extra time um, and maybe do this once a month or so i would ask for a ticket in a different part of the code base so something that's low priority probably not really being looked at or worked on but jump in and 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 learn more about how the overall code of the company works there's probably someone who's directly responsible for that you can get with them and ask for help Um, you know usually folks uh, like to explain how things work it helps them understand things better so it would be helpful for them And you'd be tackling more parts of the company. And who knows, maybe you eventually want to move over to work on that thing. Now, lastly, as a bonus here, I would say that you're probably going to encounter things you're unfamiliar with languages. um, Maybe, you know, JavaScript and the company uses TypeScript frameworks, all of those things are going to be new to you, but I wouldn't stress about it. You'll know in time when you need to learn those things. And more or less, you can kind of learn them as you go, right? I mean, just do what you've always done, which is if you see some code written that you don't understand, it's a method, find where it was written, and make sure you understand every line of it. And if you don't understand every line of it, like, look at the commit history. Who wrote it? Um, ultimately, you can just ask them how it works. And, um, and yeah, I mean, they'll, they should be more than happy to help you understand how it works because if you understand how it works, then you're probably going to eventually work on it and be helpful. So everyone on the team is here to make sure that you're successful because you being successful means they're going to be successful. So, you know, whenever you're a software engineer on an engineering team, it really is a team effort. Um, everyone should want everyone else to do well. And I've heard this said before by engineering managers too. Like if, if you're slow, then you're slow, right? Like let's, let's figure out why you're being slow. Like they, they should be there to want to help you get faster. And as long as you speak up and take ownership of the code that you write and of the code base, and at least the corner that's that you're responsible for, um, you should have no problem learning. I mean, you got to this point, you got hired, you're, you're not an imposter, they're not going to fire you. Um, if you actually just show up and try. All right, that does it for today's episode of the Develop Yourself Podcast. I hope you found it helpful whenever you find yourself in a situation where you're onboarding as a new engineer to follow these simple steps. If you wanna learn more about how to become a software engineer this year, visit our online code school's website. It's called Parsity, it's P-A-R-S-I-T-Y.io. If you want to take your first steps to becoming a software engineer by learning JavaScript with a cohort of other students while also working on your habits, your network, and your mindset, then check out Dev30. It's uh, dev30.xyz. It's a 30-day cohort-based course that we teach um, about every couple months. We have another one coming up uh, towards the end of October, so check that out. As always, Peter, our co-host, has an awesome YouTube channel you should check out where he's documenting his process of becoming a software engineer and then quitting his job as a software engineer. And now he is sort of doing the, the freelance uh, indie hacker life, which is really cool. We have episodes with him and I, which, which we discuss discussed that. So listen to those episodes too. And then he also has this great course about going from being a junior developer to a senior developer. So check that out. Everything that you need is in the show notes. We'll see you next week.